welcome to the Connect the Dots podcast. Jeffrey Klein has conversations with a diverse array of successful people, sharing their stories to educate, inspire, and entertain. Here is your host, Jeffrey. My guest today is Corey Pesaturo, otherwise known as CPEZ, who is revolutionizing the accordion. He's the only person to ever win the trio of world championships on acoustic, digital, and jazz accordion, and is the only accordion to graduate from the prestigious New England Conservatory of Music in Boston. In 2017, Pesatore became a Guinness World Record holder as Red Bull flew him to Austria to break the marathon accordion record in which Corey played for 32 hours and 14 minutes. Corey has given two TED Talks, two Google Talks, an EG Talk, and spoken at various other conferences on the accordion. Pesatori's extensive resume includes appearances at the White House. TV appearances include The Tonight Show with David Letterman, The Tonight Show, sorry, The Late Show with David Letterman, The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, and Let's Make a Deal with Wayne Brady. Corey currently gives master classes at various universities throughout the US and Europe on accordion and improvisation. Pesatori is also involved and respected in the weather and motorsports worlds as well. Please welcome Corey. Hello, Jeffrey. How are you? I'm great. All the better for speaking to you. That's what I like to say. <laughs> uh, now I'm really looking forward uh, to this. California, which I'm from Rhode Island, uh, but I'm uh, on it. a trip right now. So <laughs> uh, out in the woods, I love it. Um, so I start, you just answered the Part of the first question, so where were you born and what did your parents do for a living? So I was born in Rhode Island. Actually, it's a long 100-year family history in Rhode Island. It seems like no one ever leaves Rhode Island for whatever reason, even though it's the smallest state. Every cousin, every uncle I know is from there. Um, my mom, she has always had, her and her sister have actually always had a business of what I call girl stuff. <laughs> Tanning, hair, nails, spending all that stuff. Uh, so, of course, I've never gone to a barber. I always go to my mom. Uh, and my dad built houses, but uh, in the old-fashioned way, where he'd find a lot, buy the lot, design the house, build the house, sell the house, which usually people compartmentalize that nowadays. But he was doing it where he'd do everything. Soup, uh, soup so, to nuts. <laughs> yeah, soup to nuts. And if you asked him, he'd say, well, I'm more of an artist than anything else. <laughs> um, but But he played accordion, but there was no musical talent in either of my parents. It was really... My mom's aunts and uncles, you have to go that far to find some kind of ear or a real musical talent. So there wasn't really music growing up in the house. Well, I, I'm the opposite. So I had a bunch of music in my growing up. My mother and my aunt were singers. My dad was a jazz drummer, not by trade. but um, And I love music, have no musical talent, really. But my children all have beautiful voices and, and can sing. And, and so... Uh, thankfully, I think they got that from my other parts of the family. <laughs> so when you're a kid, you know, you're saying, you know, yeah, your dad had an accordion, but there wasn't a lot of music in the house, you know, talent. What did you want to be when you grew up? Did you know really soon or did you have, did you want to be something else when you were kind of, you know, seven, eight, nine, something like that? Well, I certainly didn't. Um, I, I've always wanted to be a racing person. I mean, mo motorsports and racing has been my first love since I was two years old. I've never missed 
uh, a Formula One race in my entire life. Uh, live, Whoa. let alone taped. <laughs> like last last night, I was up till what, two days ago, 3.30 in the morning, watching a Singapore Grand Prix. So that was always my first love, and, and really still is. But I, I didn't really have anything specific until I played accordion and then realized, oh, I'm good at this. I think I will, I will do this for a career. But it really wasn't until that that moment, I would say. But although it didn't feel early to me, but most people were like, oh, you knew what you were going to do for your whole life at 11? That's really early. I was like, well, okay, then I guess it was really early. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I'm still trying to figure it out. So there you go. Um, was there anyone? So obviously you were saying your parent, your dad had an accordion. So was there anyone you looked up to as a role model when you were growing up, whether it was maybe you, a race car driver or someone in music? Well, I mean, definitely, you know, sports has always been such a massive part of my life, not playing it but uh, observing it, doing data on it and stats. So, I mean, at the time I was growing up, certainly be because I was a racing person, I would say Eric Senna was, was my inspiration. And in many ways it still is. Uh, but, you know, just old enough to Michael Jordan. So of course that, that I would put in there. And then as I was growing up, you know, Brady began being from New England. Of course, Brady was our Lord and savior, uh, still is. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm afraid we're going to have to edit that part out as a diehard Eagles fan. I'm afraid I can't include that in the broadcast. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. You're, you're one of the few that actually beat us. So I don't want to hear that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he still he's, threw for 505 phenomenal. yards and five touchdowns in that game, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a whole other whole other right. thing. But uh, but yeah, so, sports so, has really always been the inspiration, actually. So, so how did you go from being inspired about sports and race car driving to the accord? Like not only to music, but then specifically, what drew you to the accordion? Well, in in terms of the connection to music, is just I mean, I'm someone that always sees music really as a sport. I don't see really much difference. It is still a meritocracy, and I feel like so many in the music field just secretly pretend that it's this oh no you know it just whatever you like and whatever you do just play what you feel and it's like no it's not like that and anybody that does admit that i feel like they're lying because especially in the jazz world when you get on stage with really top guys there's only really really top guys on stage there's no like oh well, this guy's not that great but we love the way he feels music no everybody on stage is of the elite of the elite level uh and 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 it's always like that but it's like but no one wants to talk about it it's like yes music is absolutely can be ranked in like anything else like quarterbacking mm -hmm. or driving but not, not people talk about i always talk about it uh but it's like it has to be a mountain you have to see where am i going where trying to get better at whether we're talking scales or faster music theory or improvisation and substitutions or amount of genres you play or anything i mean you can categorize so much it's more subjective than sports but not by that much um so mm. that's really the connection of why i always uh, tout it to music but specifically accordion was yes my dad played when the accordion was popular then he quit when it was not popular because you couldn't get a date or get a gig playing accordion uh, in, in the late 60s and 70s. So then he took it out when I was nine and by nine and a half said, do you want to play accordion? And of course, I didn't want to disappoint my Italian parents. Um, so I said, OK, I guess I'll play accordion. I didn't know what I was getting into. I was about to play the most unpopular made fun of instrument in America. But well, maybe the bagpipes beats it, but... <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I didn't know that, but I realized quickly, I was like, oh, I suck at sports, but I seem to be really good at this and I'm progressing way faster than everybody else. So maybe this is what I need to do. So I really went into music and accordion because of a competitive standpoint, not because I love music or love to play it, but I was like, I can win at this. 
Uh, so that was the initial, <laughs> that was the initial go. And then through until I won the national championship at 15, I still mainly did it for competitive reasons. It wasn't until I found jazz that I then went, Ooh, well, this is really fun <laughs> because I always improvised and got in trouble for improvising at competitions. You're not supposed to. And then jazz, it's like, Oh no, you're supposed to improvise. I was like, Oh, well, this is for me. <laughs> was recording the first instrument you learned? Because I know you play a bunch of other instruments. It, it is, which I never thought was weird to start an accordion and stay an accordion. But that's oddly enough, one of the more unique aspects, I guess, because everybody that plays accordion either started on accordion and then couldn't get anywhere and went to piano to get gigs or started on piano and got sick and wanted to do something different and played accordion. But I started my first instrument on accordion and stayed on it. Do you find that learning the accordion was easier than when you started to try and learn other instruments or do you find them kind of all you kind of naturally? Oh, no, uh, no. Accordion is most certainly one of the most difficult instruments in the world because it's the only instrument in the world where you have two completely different systems. Right. Even when you play the organ, if you're playing three keyboards and then you're playing the pedals, still everything there is a keyboard, even the pedals. Um, but but the accordion, the right hand is a piano and the left hand is a completely you know, the logical system to that. And then you have the bellows in the middle, which are really important because if you don't play those right, uh, the whole thing sounds like crap. <laughs> so it's a very, very difficult instrument to get going on, very much like the violin or the trumpet where you sound bad for years uh, before you get good, <laughs> which, which deters so many from learning the accordion because especially in today's generations that want instant gratification, you ain't getting instant gratification on accordion. It's gonna take a long time to sound okay at it. Um, so that's kind of a problem. So the thing you, is, did, yeah. Did you start out not very good? Well, you, I mean, yeah, relatively speaking. I mean, I was, right. as I said, I was progressing faster than the people around me, but it's still, you know, I wouldn't want to hear myself at 10 exactly. <laughs> but now, but um, it's kind of like the guitar and the piano, the opposite, where within one hour, you can get a kid to sound pretty good at piano or guitar, because as long as they're playing the right note, it will Mm -hmm. sound correct because you know it pings on the piano you hit the right button it sounds good but but on the accordion even if you hit all the right buttons perfectly if you don't have good bellows control it sounds so bad it's the same with the violin you could have your finger in the right position if you don't have good bowing it sounds terrible so it, it's harder to get good at easier once you get good at to become greater mm. and what was the first song you learned to play on the accordion is there a first accordion <laughs> song or does it well you know, twinkle most no most uh accordionists for the past 70 years have used the palmer hughes book palmer and hughes actually created the the first accordion program at a college at the university of houston it was the first college to offer an accordion program but um they created the palmer hughes book and most accordionists still today use that so the first couple of books don't have any songs there's a couple they ripped that sound like something else uh, and they change the titles, but they're not really tunes. So the, the first tunes you might learn, maybe some accordion-esque tunes that you, you know, most people would never know, or maybe a polka, simple one, or maybe uh, some old Italian tunes because I was trying to also learn tunes to play gigs. So I couldn't tell you exactly what the first real tune is that I learned outside of, you know, maybe happy birthday. <laughs> so. And when you would play gigs, was there a particular song that, that you started with that like people, oh yeah, now I know that, you know, that people recognized? I feel that, well, probably one of the first tunes I learned, certainly in the first gig I ever played was Mala Femina, which is a big Italian song. Most Italian Americans know that one. Uh, and it's fairly simple. So it's um, good for, definitely for people to know.
it's a simple tune like that. <laughs> I, I was transported to Italy. It was, you know, <laughs> uh, it, it had that feeling, you know, it had a feeling of I'm, I'm off to Italy in, uh, in a pretty remarkable way. Um, so you said you're pretty young when you were like, I want to do this as a career. How did that, you, you decide like, I'm not going to be a race car driver. I'm going to be an accordion player. Well, I mean, the thing with racing, of course, you need a lot of money um, to be able to, you know, your family's got to basically put all their money into it to, to become a race car driver. There's so much involved. So I knew that was never really realistic. Um, plus in the Northeast, people don't really do that. Maybe in the South, they, they, you know, thinking more towards NASCAR or in California, there might be more IndyCar racing or, or even Michigan, more of that, but it just never happens in New England. So, I, I mean, I just knew, you know, this is all right. I, I hate getting up early, right? That was a big one. Hate getting up early. <laughs> So I said, oh, this is a career for me. I don't have to go through rush hour traffic. I can go up, stay up till three in the morning, wake up at 11. We're in good shape. I think this is the winner. Um, <laughs> and I'm good at this. I mean, you know, that's, that's kind of the, and, and the thing is, I knew the, as much as everybody didn't like the accordion, it's like not many people do it. And, you know, very simply in capitalism, find something you love that you're really mm. good at that also the market needs. And this was it. I love it. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, I, I'm a big proponent of do what you love because, and then the money will come, you'll, you'll figure out a way. Um, Cause the other, the, the alternative of, of doing something you don't enjoy is just, you know, really depressing for me to think that. You know, it, 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 it can be, it can be. I mean, maybe for a couple of years to make, <laughs> to make some money, obviously yeah, being a right. musician is not the, we're not driving Ferraris usually unless, you know, uh, the, my the, dad, the gap. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> It's interesting because my dad, who's played jazz drums for 50 plus years as a hobby, was too, said, you know, I don't wish someone wanted to be a musician because it's, it's hard. Um, and he also says he wasn't a good enough drummer to make it. But that's, I, right, I don't right. know, I, I don't judge. Um, what, there's, there's clearly, so, you know, when I, I think of a few things when I think of uh, accordion uh, and the polka, and, and I have this image of John Candy playing it uh, in, um, I think it's in um, Home Alone. There's an accordion band that they, they end up traveling with. Um, what do you think are some of the stereotypes that people who play the accordion, which are true and which are myth? Uh, well, I mean, I'm a person that believes pretty much every single stereotype is true because it wouldn't exist unless it was, uh, no matter how offensive some may be. Pretty much every single one you will ever hear about an accordion is true. Uh, it's part of the reason I'm always standing when I play. It's part of the reason I'm always wearing sunglasses all the time because the stereotype of accordion is an old guy who doesn't play well, playing kind of a bad accordion uh, on the street corner somewhere, um, playing an old tune really poorly, uh, and again, at least 70 years old and, and sitting yeah, down very young for of, an accordion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just looking disheveled. And, and, and the thing is, yes, that is that is it. Uh, there's nothing wrong about that. And, you know, I've always seen it as but that's as my not job. you. No, no, no. And, and I always see it as my job to change it. I, I never see it should never be the job of common people to change their mind of what the stereotype is. It's the, it's the job of the people with the stereotype to change that. Mm. So I feel it's the job of accordionists to change that, that that is a stereotype because it's true. Now, again, that's only in America. This is, it, every other country is different. In Mexico, the, the bands that play most of their music, the star player 
the guy that gets all the ladies is the accordion player <laughs> in Brazil, huge in Argentina. They're the star in Scandinavia. Everybody plays. Uh, Italy is like here, though. You think Italy is popular. It's not. Italy, you know, you go up to a young person, they say, oh, my grandpa plays accordion. It's the same thing as here. So it's a very, very country to country, border to border, almost directly to the border situation. So this is in American culture. That's a stereotype. And it wasn't 70 years ago. I mean, everybody played accordion in the 50s. Everybody. Um, mostly because most of the immigrants that came to America were all accordion-centric countries. So it was, it was just everywhere. I'm curious, you know, again, I think of accordion, I think of that old Italian kind of more polka music. Mm -hmm. Can the accordion be used to play any genre of music? It is, I think, unquestionably the most beloved instrument in the world. Because not only... Can I talk about all these countries where it's important? It's next level important. It's vital. You can't have a, a wedding or a party where you're going to have French music and not have an accordion. Same with Italian. Same with any Scandinavian country. Same with any Eastern European country. Bulgaria, Macedonia, Serbia, go on. All of them. Russia. Can't have a Russian band without an accordion. Same with Ukraine. Uh, it's becoming that way in China now, actually, but certainly Brazil, certainly Argentina, certainly a lot of Latin countries, Mexico, like I just said, um, Ireland. How are you going to have an Irishman without an accordion? So it's vital to so many countries around the world, not just important. And it's just in America, it's sadly a joke. Um, it, and, it, and funny, it's, it's a joke partly because of, of Word Al, but I, I like Word Al. <laughs> Because he's a comedian that uses the accordion. And my music, I can say this now because this is late enough, uh, I will be playing in that. You won't see me, but you will hear my playing in the Weird Al movie coming up next month. I love that. Premiering uh, here on about, Connect the Dots. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Weird Al, one of the things that he did, I think, very successfully um, was take his comedic approach to pop. So he, you know, yeah. all those, you know, um, ways in which he, he was basically making fun of, but was using the music of well-known songs. Is that something you ever think to try and do, to do, you know, pop music on accordion to make it more accessible? Oh, I mean, the... I, I definitely do that in videos, and I do that when I play with DJs. I do that when I play at college parties and people go nuts. But I would never do that as a major aspect because I would just be copying Weird Al. He has cornered that market. Anything you do close to that is going to be is going to be him. Um, but, you know, I, I, when I always thought of him as an accordionist, I always saw him as my enemy. Here's a guy who can't really play accordion and is the most famous accordion player. And then when I realized, wait a minute, no, no, he's a brilliant comedian who plays accordion. Then I was like, oh, no, I love this guy. You know, you have to change the way you think of it. And then I finally got to saw him play and meet him a couple of times. And he's actually not that bad. He's actually pretty OK at playing accordion. I've seen people play at accordion clubs a lot that can't play as well as him. So, you know, he plays a lot. I'm glad to hear he's got, yeah, he's got, um, so one of the genres, I'm a big jazz fan. Um, and I know you, you know, you're world champion in accordion jazz. How, I love you. Can you play us a jazz tune that you would play on accordion? Is it <laughs> tunes that are normally heard? I mean, is it hard oh, yeah. to do on your own? Cause it's just, um, no, because do you I'm play jazz, jazz world. Do you play jazz standards or do you play accordion jazz songs? I don't, I don't. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I, my whole philosophy in who I am and what I teach is always uh, the instrument you play doesn't matter. It's 
it's you're you know you're a musician you're trying to be the best musician possible on an instrument called the whatever you play it doesn't in the jazz world they don't care what you play you either can play or you can't play end of story that's always the way it doesn't matter where you went to school doesn't matter can you play or you can't play or as we, we might say you can hang or you can't hang um so <laughs> you know you've heard that term so uh yeah do you have a jazz standard or throw out a couple of names i'll, I'll play uh, one uh well it's funny i think you have my father so there's the horse silver song for my father watermelon man the one you know anything Giant steps, you know, I'm just saying what, you know, I am connected to things based on my dad's love of uh, John Coltrane or Miles Davis. So you, you, you can pick one you like to play. Funny, you say, uh, you say Horace Silver. There's one that just came to mind. I haven't played in forever. I could maybe play. And then Giant Steps, you know what? We could do a little snippet of that on the uh, doo patches, awesome. which I'm kind of known to do the doo patches, which Giant Steps on the doo sound quite hilarious. So we'll do a little snippet of these too. There's three sensitivities on that particular patch, so it really depends on how I hit them and then how I can control them with the bellows. But it's kind of a, <laughs> it's a, it's an incredible instrument how they they created this. But it's yeah, for me, what I find cool is the three things you just played to me sound like three different instruments or a combination of instruments. You know, yeah, well, on, even like right on Nutville, I have hi hat, snare, uh, electric piano, chords, right. a different one on the right hand, and of course bass that I'm playing the bass lines. So you got a whole band; you don't need anybody else. Right, that's the part I was not expecting. Even though I probably heard it played, it's it's pretty remarkable that you are a one man band. It's well, I mean, uh, the great jazz accordionists in the in the '60s were doing uh, pieces of this, so it was definitely it was always possible. So uh, I'm just trying to further it, but it, it was, you know, the, the greats then were able, able to do it. It's like, you can play bass lines on the left hand with two rows and, and one octave. Okay, all right, I guess we'll do that. <laughs> so you, you mentioned earlier the connection of Formula One at racing and, and accordion. How do you see those two interlinked? There really is no connection at all. Um, you, fact, Corey, is the connection. Yeah, exactly. I mean, all of my hobbies have zero connection i'm a massive weather nut i'm a complete weather psycho um there is nothing uh weather has anything to do with 
racing has anything to do with music. Uh, I just love stats. In fact, that is the one thing that ties them all together, except my career of music, where stats aren't really there. Um, so <laughs> they're really, they're, there's no connect. I just have so many interests uh, across the board. And yeah, there's, there's no link other than that was my first love and, and it is competition. Um, so mm. there's, there's that connection. Uh, mm. But just, just, just the overall, you know, desire to be great i just I, I don't know no other way of living i don't know like you're born your goal should be i want to become of the greatest in the world at what i do i don't i don't know any other way to live and i don't even will play a video game unless i have an intention to be of the best in the world at that video game or i won't play it i just i know no other way of doing something <laughs> so well what i find interesting about that though is you know one of the things i i you know three children who are trying to figure out their way in the world and I think they would agree they want to be the best. They just are having, I think a lot of people, how do you figure out what that is? It's, you know, it's it's not as easy as like, oh, my dad played the accordion and I'm amazing at it. So now I'm going to do that. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think, I think again, the intention of many people is to be, I'm, well, I would hope to be great at something. Sometimes figuring out what that thing that you're great at takes time and, and uh, opportunities. Yeah. There's no question. I mean, I think everyone is born with talents in some category uh it's not so specific as people make it it's, it's more like in my case it may be you know brain to finger coordination or something like that but it, it's, right. depending on what what you may go into um so you have to find it yeah and that can take time mm -hmm. and hopefully it's something you love you know i mean accordion i do love it's not my most favorite i'd rather chase blizzards and, and be a race car driver that would be probably for a second <laughs> how but, about chasing but, but cars in a blizzard oh, no, no, i mean i mean driving a uh you know 30 million dollar historic ferrari in a blizzard would be in a race would uh, you know that would be about as good as it could possibly get listening uh, listening to accordion music so there you go <laughs> well the, i don't know if i'd be listening to accordion music actually maybe it depends <laughs> Well, that'll be the soundtrack of the documentary we make about that. So just yeah. so you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you've done a lot of different things and some people may think, oh, the White House was the most, but of all the places or people that you've interacted with, what's kind of the most surprising person or surprising location when you were a kid going, I can't believe I'm here or I can't believe I'm talking to this person. See, that, that one is just so overshadowed by the White House because that, that fits that so well. I mean, I played there four times. The state dinner was the biggest one. I think I'm still the youngest person to ever play at a state dinner. I was 11. Um, and Bill specifically, Bill Clinton specifically asked me to, to do that right at the end of his presidency, uh, which is, is funny because- well, He's a musician, so there you go. Uh, yeah, no, he, he loves music. He's a, he's a big music fan uh, and he's so down to earth. And, and he, he was just like, oh yeah, we have the president of Hungary. So like, they like polkas, right? It's so funny. Hungary does not do polkas, but you know, they, it's just this is pre-internet. You know, yeah, that's a good idea. I'll have Corey come really polkas. But I mean, I got that amazing opportunity uh, and to play at the state dinner in front of you know everybody from Martha Stewart to Tony Curtis, who else, who knows who else was there? I, I didn't know enough of them. And, and Bill grabbed me and gave this little speech to everybody, and you know, it's like, how do you beat that? Um, and of that's course, really being hard to them. So I mean. Yeah, that's, uh, but at any time, really any time I play for anyone, it doesn't even matter if they're famous or big, it's just when they hate the accordion, I love that. And they come over to me and say, you know, I hated the accordion before I heard you. You've completely changed my opinion. That's my favorite. 
And and so many people will gladly admit that. Say, I hated the accordion before I just saw you play. It's like, I love that. Please admit that. That's what I'm trying to do. Like I said, it's not it's not everyone else's job to just like the accordion to be nice. It's my job to change their minds internally. It has to happen like the movie Inception. You can't tell people like the accordion, be nice. No, they have to have it happen in their own brain naturally to say, I like the accordion now. So that that's my I love question. That. So let's just talk about accordion players and musicians. Do you have any advice for someone who is an aspiring musician about, I want to become the greatest X? Do you think, you know, there's, and then is there specific advice you give to people who might be drawn to the accordion? Well, for music in general, I would say study music theory. Uh, I mean, it's so important. I know we all just want to get down to playing tunes and just listen to a tune we like and learn it. Sure. But you, it's like anything. You have to put the work in. You have to put the work in, and that is studying music theory. If someone wants to study jazz, I always say to them, well, here's the first thing. For two years, put down your instrument and just study theory and get really, really fast at being able to, you know, ear training and, and, and understanding stuff and just get super fast at, at everything with the rules and mathematics of music. Uh, you know, and that, that takes time. And you, you do it with playing and listening and learning, but it's, it's the theory is just so important. You can't just play random stuff. You have to, <laughs> it's like, I can tell immediately someone that's playing free jazz, that's a great jazz musician, and someone that's playing free jazz that can't really improvise. It's, to the common ear, it might not be obvious, but to any musician, it's like, you, you just know, there's a way about it. Uh, so even if you're gonna play way out stuff. But yeah, the, the theory, um, of course, and playing with people that are always better than you. I try to, every time I'm on stage, I try to only hire people that are better than me. Um, you, you need your butt to be kicked all the time. And that's in any field, you know? I mean, it, just to go back to Brady, sorry, but he every time he plays a game, he always criticizes everything, right? Because there's always way to get better. So it's the same, you know, with, with music. Um, and, and I would definitely say, because I had an Italian upbringing, you know, I'm from the tough love era where everything sucked. And I would hate to have to grow up kids having kids in this generation where you're wonderful, you're amazing, you're awesome. And that's, that is not setting you up for success in the real world. I got attacked. Participation trophy. Participation trophy. I am not part yeah. of that generation. I got attacked, 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 attacked. And most of the great people like Michael Jordan or Senna or Brady, we go on for all the greats. Most of them were told mm -hmm. they weren't good enough when they were, when they were kids and, and you have a chip on your shoulder. Uh, and, and, and that's, and that's the only way you can keep motivated. And the thing is, I don't mind because people say, well, that can be too harsh to people. I don't think it is because if, if my dad was as harsh as he was and I quit, well, that means I wasn't cut out for this career. And if I did the opposite, which is screw you, dad, I'm going to prove you wrong. Then I am cut out for the career. Right. So it's, you know, if it's something that you do for fun, that's different. But if you really want it to be your career, you, you need the tough love in there. Uh, and then as, and then specifically accordion or musician, again, I would say, like, like I said before, is focus on being the best musician, not the, the instrument doesn't matter. It's are you good at music on your instrument? You know, it, it doesn't matter what you look like, who you are. Can you play? And and when you start playing with top people, they will know. They will know. So, um, you know, that that's that's the thing. Study study theory and and think of yourself as a musician, not a trumpet player, a voice, an accordionist. You got to think of yourself as a musician. You're a three-time world champion. Uh, you played at the White House. By all measures of most people, you are successful. How do you define success? How do you define success? Well, it's, 
of course, I mean, I would go by, especially in the music field where no matter how good you are, most of the time, 99.9% of us, you know, people that are a hundred times better uh, than I am at music still are, are living, you know, day to day in some ways. So you can't go by money in the music business or in, in a lot of other businesses in the race racing world is very similar. There's a lot of amazing drivers who just don't get the sponsorships and they never get the seats they deserve because you need money back. And so it's a lot in a lot of worlds. You have to go by the elites in your field. What do the elites in your field think of you? And if they think you're great, then you should be proud of what you've done. You can't go by, yeah, but I only have this many followers and, and I'm not getting big gigs. You can't go by, there's so many other factors, which you know you, you still have to be responsible for that too. Uh, you can't sit home and cry about it. But, but <laughs> if, if, you're do, you know, if you feel like you're doing everything right and, and the elites in your field think you're great, then, then that is truly the success. People that you look up to uh, you know, see you as some kind of an equal, that, that's really what you wanna get to. That's, I would say that is success. I, I really like that answer. Corey, what inspires you? Well, <laughs> I'd go back to sports. <laughs> um, you know, or, or the same way. Musically, yeah, my favorite musician of all time is Art Tatum uh, because I think he was just, he was so far ahead of where people were at that time. Still, people have trouble playing like him today. 90 years later um so when you look at what he did back then how far ahead he was compared to anybody else as far ahead of they were yeah he's he's i wouldn't call him almost an inspiration i would call him hey as soon as you think you're starting to get good listen to two minutes of art and you're like oh i suck that's right i'm terrible i remember now so he's he's a good barometer to just make sure you are always humble uh you know mm -hmm. but and there's so many so many amazing people if you're a classical pianist yuja wang you know i'm sure yuja wang will make you cry if you're a classical pianist um there's so many greats in the music world to keep you humble. My goodness, uh, every, everywhere you look, there's this talent. But um, yeah, that's. I mean, I, I just I, I just look at uh, at really sports and great sports moments and say, winning. It doesn't mean you have to beat a clock. You're you mean when Tom Brady lost that great sports? Oh, sorry, did I say that? <laughs> hey, he had he had 385 <laughs> yards, three touchdowns, and no interception last night. So yeah, it's just. Mahomes, Mahomes is amazing. I mean, he's inspiring, he's inspiring for anybody. So they're all amazing. I, 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 I know, I know. I have to take our, you have to take the, as a Philadelphian, we have to take our wins and just savor it for as long as we can. Hey, I mean, you guys are the best team right now. We'll see if that lasts. But um, yeah, I, I just I think because because you you can quantify it. This is why I love sports because it's a meritocracy mm -hmm. that is pure and obvious. Uh, there are so many data points to go by. So it's something it's something easy to follow. Where it's it's much more difficult for me to prove to you that you know oscar peterson is a better jazz pianist than some kid that just played over here i could still do it i could give you graphs and charts and audio yeah. but it'd be, it'd be more hard hard to do where sports is 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 very clear Corey, what's next what's the next trend in accordion playing oh god the next trend i mean i guess i'm trying to set that <laughs> in uh in playing modern music with the accordion uh all the time uh, and, and trying to get people to realize the accordion is not just polka and, and Irish music, which is fine. I don't mean to attack mm -hmm. it. That's what the stereotype is. And it can do so much more than that. So, um, you know, in the same way, if I, if I go to this sound quickly, you know, and all these techno sounds, and then, I, and then I, if I go over here to the bass, you see the bass?
is there's no tracks. People think I'm playing with tracks all the time. There's no tracks. Mm-hmm. Everything you hear, I have never once for two seconds played with a track because I don't want one clip anywhere on anyone's phone in the world to be me playing with a track. So they know any note they've ever heard me play is these 10 fingers playing. Uh, so that's, that's very important. <laughs> and so what's next for you specifically? What are you, what's your next goal or aim in terms of well, I mean, it's, world. it's to keep, you know, trying to get on national TV shows, trying to get people to realize who is this accordion guy that can play all this different stuff. Um, and, and, you know, the, my goal always, probably since I was 15, 16, 17, was I, I want to be both respected in the accordion world, but also the one that's trying to make it popular. Usually those are two different people. Mm-hmm. And even in accordion mm-hmm. history, Dick Snow was by far the most accordion player of all time good friend of mine died five years ago. He got famous in 1948 and made the accordion wildly popular uh, in, in the fifties as the reason most people played in America in a lot of ways. Uh, but the accordion world never respected him because he was really good, but he wasn't of the elite elite level. And they were pissed that someone else didn't make it, but he had all the showmanship. He had the muscles, he had the look. Um, and, and so it's like, I want to do both. I want the accordion world to be like, well, we don't like what Corey does, but we have right. to, you know, what, what are we going to say? Uh, and then still be, you know, <laughs> make it popular. Because I, I want to do both. I don't want to just be kind of an act. I want I want both right. sides to respect it. So I'm always trying to, to plow on, on all those <laughs> all those fronts, not just one of them. I love it. All right. Now I'm going to ask you nine rapid fire questions. They don't always go rapidly, but I'll try. Say, if they go rapid. So <laughs> if a movie was made of your life, who would you want to play you? You know, it's funny. I don't think I know enough famous people to even answer that. But I know so you know all these other hobbies I have, but I, I lack in terms of uh, in terms of that one. I don't know. Ah, uh, God, that's a that one. I might have to get back. Well, I, I know you play with with uh, Johnny Depp, so he'd probably do a pretty good job. He's a pretty good actor. Yeah, I'm sure, we'll go with Johnny Depp. Sure. <laughs> Should stories always have happy endings? Oh God, no. Oh, I hate the sappy world as we kind of already went over. No, you, you need to have more realistic aspect. You know, I can think of like two movies ever where the bad guys won. It's like, or, or just something else like that. Like, can we not have everything be so predictable? God. So no, definitely not. Uh, do you have a favorite emoji? Is there an accordion emoji? So here's, there the thing. so here's the thing. I'm known for playing a red accordion. And of all the accordions in the world, I play a piano accordion. The emoji is a red accordion that's piano accordion. I may or may not have had something to do with that. That's awesome. Because <laughs> I know you have to apply and, uh, you know, that's uh, yeah. very cool. <laughs> um, not a song that you play, but a song that you listen to. Do you have a favorite? Can you name one of your favorites? I mean, see, in every genre, I'd have a favorite. You know, if it was Italian music, it would be Passione, or it might be La Voce Na Guitarra. If it was jazz, I certainly love Spain. I also love Sail Away by Tom Harold that nobody plays. Um, I mean, who doesn't love Lush Life? My good. Uh, but I love Fast Stuff. So, you know, playing Donnelly at 500 beats per minute. I don't know. It would depend if it was classical. It's a hard question to ask a musician. Yeah, it's hard to I ask mean, a musician yeah. that question. <laughs> a classical, I'll go, I definitely go Tchaikovsky Sixth Symphony. Definitely. Um, but I don't know. Every genre. Every genre, I'd have a different answer. There's some, though. <laughs> uh, what Do you have a favorite social media platform? 
Oh, boy. I feel like I only do social media. But Facebook, you need to keep in contact with everybody and instant, you know, know where they are. So when I land someplace, I go, friends I have in. And then I'm like, oh my God, they live here. So I need that. Uh, Instagram, I'm always posting and people can follow me. But I mean, I don't know, social media, I feel like is the ruination of so much in culture. <laughs> so I wish I could say no. Uh, well, let's go to something that's not the ruination. How about a, can you name a book that had a lasting impression on you? A book? Oh God, I mean, definitely. If I was going to recommend anything to the world, please read anything by Thomas Sowell. Uh, and, and especially young people don't know anything about economics and they think they do. It's hilarious. Please, dear God, read anything by economist Thomas Sowell. Just common sense stuff. Uh, he actually I love it. I'll have to recommend to my, my daughters so they can learn about it. Uh, one of them is taking economics at the moment. So I'll have to see if her teacher's got any of that in there. Yeah. Yeah. How about a movie? Can you name a favorite movie of yours? Goodness. Oh, I'm going to give, give you a great one. This is one that almost no one knows. It is called The Secrets okay. of Santa Victoria. Secrets of Santa Victoria. It features Anthony Quinn, who actually lived in Rhode Island and uh, he's been dead for a while now. Good friends with his wife, uh, who still lives in Rhode Island, and Sergio Franchi. Well, I'm good, friend, I'm good friends with his wife because she still runs this concert every year that, that does Sergio. Sergio was kind of like uh, a Mario Lanza uh, Caruso of, of the 60s. Amazing Italian singer, but got really popular even outside the Italian circles. Um, so it's, and he was not an actor, but he acted in this movie. It's a great, great kind of World War II in Italy film. Really funny little movie. I definitely recommend that one. If you can find it. I love it. it. Sure somewhere. <laughs> What's the one thing you can't live without? Snow. That is, that's an easy one. That'd be snow. Yeah. Wow. And if you could be credited with inventing something, what would it be and why? These are, these are tough. I feel like I come up with a really good one over a day of thinking. Uh, I, I would actually go with the accordion. Now, the reason is I really do believe, and I've done graphs on this because I'm, of course, a, a stat guy. Um, it's definitely the best instrument in the world. It's the only instrument you can play 14 notes at the same time and you have complete control of the volume at every millisecond. The piano and guitar can do one, they can't do the other, or the flute, the violin can control the volume at every millisecond, but they can only play two, three notes. So it is, and it's portable. So it is definitely the best. But the other reason I say I wish I invented that is because Leonardo da Vinci, of all his ridiculous accomplishments and being the most amazing human being that ever lived, he also invented the accordion. He drew an accordion in one of his papers that had reeds sticking up right here. And it looked just like this with bellows and everything. And, and the first accordions didn't look like it. And they ended up looking like his drawing 500 years ago with bellows. It just had reeds here. It was trying to invent a portable organ. And that's really what the accordion is. So uh, another cap <laughs> there. Yeah, all right. Because he, he needs a few of those. Yeah. Well, and Corey, two people I have told them, by the way. Do you have any interest in trying to build one? No, 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 no. It's, people have built two, so that's enough. <laughs> Corey, this has been great. I could talk to you all day. Uh, hopefully, you're going to come to Philly soon and play, and I can come see you play, or maybe we'll try and find somewhere you play. Is there anything at the moment, I really appreciate all your time, is there anything at the moment you want to promote to people to go listen to or see or anything uh, I mean, I would definitely say follow, follow me on Instagram. That, that's kind of a, you know, even though it's actually the social media, it's because it's I'm constantly posting uh, about everything, uh, you know, that I'm doing and, and people get to see all kind of behind the scenes stuff with, 
you know, running into running into play with someone on stage with no rehearsal and, you know, just run on what key are we playing in? You know, you kind of see a little bit of the background of people think, oh, how long are you guys playing? You know, oh, we just met two seconds ago. You know, that's that's the real music world. So, um, and all the crazy car stuff I do, the thing I did with Mario Andretti earlier this year, I played in the back of the two-seater Indy car. We did 180 miles an hour at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, crazy, crazy things. I'm always trying to combine, you know, my interests. So, and he actually, the only person that signed this accordion, if you can see it, is Mario Andretti there that's so. awesome <laughs> it's the only person i've had signed the accordion i gotta think of who else uh, deserves to be out there so um yeah that, that would be a cpez and it's just like on the base you know cpez nice well, <laughs> so that's put in the show notes as well yeah i mean i don't know Are they, because if specific concerts i mean it depends where you are i'm in san francisco right now and then I'm going back to Boston. Then I got to go to New York Then back to Boston, then Phoenix, then Texas. Then so it's like, depends where you are. Uh, of, of Is there a place for, so is that listed on your IG where you're going to play or somewhere that has all your, yeah, yeah, yeah. your website? I, I, or... I, I definitely keep that, you know, try to keep that updated and, and website when I can. So right, well, I'll include that as well in the show notes. Hmm. Corey, this has been a pleasure. I really appreciate your time. This has been fun. Uh, and most of all, I want to thank you for helping us. Oh, I mean, thank you for having me. My goodness. Uh, don't worry. That's just an honor. Thank you for taking your time to listen to this podcast. Please subscribe on your preferred podcast platform so you don't miss any future episodes. If you could also do me a favor and please leave a review on iTunes, I would really appreciate that. Remember, story matters and is the best way to connect the dots.